God hears our cry. There have been many tears shed through our COVID battle. Fearful tears, lonely tears, sorrowful tears. Day and night, many have cried out, asking God when he will answer, how he will answer, if he will answer. And the wait continues. Perhaps you're there or you know someone who is. This unexpected turn in the road has caught you off guard, swallowing finances, health, relationships, and families with its relentless fog of fear and uncertainty. And you're crying out to God, I want a new beginning. Where I'm at right now isn't great. I don't like it here. What can I do to change it? And then you look heavenward and cry, Lord, what are you going to do to change it? The children of Israel uttered that cry. Initially, life hadn't been that bad. Joseph and his generation enjoyed great favor in Egypt. But centuries passed, and perhaps too many were like Joseph's brothers, cruel and deceptive, and too few were like Joseph, faithful and hardworking. We're told, in time, Joseph and all of his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. <laughs> this frightened the new king, who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. In fear, he enslaved the Israelites appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor, and they succeeded. The children of Israel groaned over their burden and cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. Does it end there? Of course not. It's just the beginning, the beginning of the book and the beginning of their escape to freedom. We read, God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Hold on to that verse, beloved. He looked down on you and knew it was time to act. Their story is as much about God hearing their cry as it is about their freedom trail. Today, you may need to hear that God cares for your tears, that your longings and sighs have not gone unheard or unheeded, that he is as attentive today for you in a world of billions as he was for the half a million Israelites trapped in slavery. When he set the bush aflame and called to Moses from the fire, he told him, Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. And he was preparing a way, a new beginning, a path to freedom, for his promised land was ahead. Centuries before, he heard the cry of a young slave girl, hot and sweaty in the wilderness, lost and alone, desperate for help, and he answered her. He named her son Ishmael, a name which means God hears, to confirm to her that he was attentive to her cry. When Hagar had to flee the abuses of Sarah the second time, God called to her again. Hearing the pitiful cries of the parched young Ishmael and witnessing the sobbing of Hagar, he came to them saying gently, what's wrong? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him, comfort him for I will make him a great nation. Then he provided a well to quench their thirst and save their lives. Not only did God attend to her, but he gave her a future and a hope for herself and her son. 
Years later, God heard the cries of the Israelites when, in their promised land, they were forced to slavery again. Despite their disobedience, in spite of their false worship, when his children cried out to him, his father heart responded with mercy and tenderness, sending someone to rescue them from their oppression. When Baron Herna was overwhelmed by the mockery and taunts of Penaniah, God saw the deep anguish of her soul and her bitter tears and answered her, providing her with a son that she longed for. This son, Samuel, would become the priest and judge of Israel, becoming a man who grew in favor with the Lord and with the people and heard the voice of the Lord when others' ears were deaf, leading the people in devotion and faithfulness. When the Philistines, an evil, godless kingdom that produced such beasts as Goliath, ravaged Israel, God heard the cries of the people and appointed a king to lead them to freedom. Although Samuel did not, or Saul, sorry, although Saul did not fulfill God's plans for him to lead in righteousness and humility, letting instead his insecurities to rule his heart, nonetheless, it is yet another incident illustrating God's tender heart toward his people. King David understood this and he wrote a song of praise to celebrate God's careful attentiveness. Faced with numerous attacks from friends and foes, he said, The waves of death overwhelmed me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I cried to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry reached his ears. And God heard the cry of his frightened child, pulled apart the heavens and came down, soaring, we are told, on the wings of the wind. He thundered against David's enemies and vanquished everyone. As David testifies, he led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. In fact, many of David's psalms acknowledge the listening ear of God and his perfect answer to his cry, such as, Psalm 28, praise the Lord for he has heard my cry for mercy. Or Psalm 31, in panic I cried out, I'm cut off from the house of the Lord, but you heard my cry and answered my call for help. Or Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me and he turned to me and heard my cry. And by his personal testimony, David affirms, he will rescue the poor when they cry to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. And the prophet Isaiah takes up the refrain stating, when the people cry to the Lord for help against those who oppress them, he will send them a savior who will rescue them. My love his name is Jesus, our savior and king, the one full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We see this in his life and ministry, like the tender response Jesus showed to the weeping widow who'd lost her only son. He saw her anguish and his heart overflowed with compassion. He stopped the funeral procession and comforted the grief-stricken mother with the caring words, don't cry. Then to everyone's amazement, he performed the miraculous, raising the dead son to life and restoring him to his mother. Weeping to dancing, sorrow to praise. That is how our Father works 
on our behalf. Jesus reminds us of his concern and commitment in his parable of the persistent widow, a woman anxious about the injustice done against her. Repeatedly, she cried out to the judge of the city, but he was indifferent to her pleas. Yet it was her persistence that wore him down, and he finally judged in her favor. Jesus' lesson, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. And to Mary Magdalene, inconsolable over the death of Jesus, her Savior and healer, he appeared to her. Having just come from the tomb, his resurrected form, still aglow with life and vitality, seeing her weeping, he comforts her. Dear woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Would he not have had a host of imperative things to accomplish? Could he not have been about his father's more pressing business? <laughs> but wait, we are his most pressing business. We are what is most important to him. We are the ones he loves endlessly. Our cries, our weeping, our whimpers reach his listening ears and he turns and answers. As in every case we've read, when God hears, he not only comforts, but repairs, rebuilds, restores, and sets his children on a new path of redemption and hope. Hagar, Hannah, David, the widow, for each one God lavished them with his love and gentle grace. And he continues even now. He's so concerned for our weariness and wailing that he assures us that in the place he has prepared for us, there is none of that in that glorious place of forever light. With a shout of triumph, he proclaims, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. How do I know this? Many years ago, I was journeying across America alone, 3,000 long and lonely miles. One night, I had to rent a motel in the middle of nowhere, vulnerable and afraid. Bible clasped to my chest. I cried out to God for comfort and protection, and he was there with me, soothing my frail, beating heart and calming my anxious thoughts. It's a moment I will forever remember, a moment I knew that God heard my cry. So the next time your heart is breaking, the next time your pillow is wet with tears, know that your tears have been captured by the loving hand of the Father and gently placed in a bottle and recorded in his book. As soon as you cry, he turns to answer, for he is attentive to the cries of his children and has been designing a rescue from the very beginning. Never give up hope. Never give up calling. Our Father is there. God bless you, beloved. God bless you.